Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change with your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. You don't even see me or am I just all blacked out? <laughs> oh, that's a setup question, bro. I'm not even touching that with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> I have, I have, I have, I have the lighting fixed by my, uh, by my is that, until is that what it's called? Turn around and use the natural. Oh, I, know, I, I know how to, I know how to set it up. Don't trust me. It's last minute thing. Yeah. And y'all Get know em. my lighting is always Get the em. best. But right now, I am silhouette man. So just fast. Oh, boy. Until then, today is National Leadership Day, so let's fall in line, motherfuckers. National Comfy Day, where real clothes are optional. National Muffin Day, not to be confused with National Muffin Top Day, because, you know, I'm not going there. Love Your Pet Day, because if you don't have one, rocks work. And of course, it's President's Day, because once upon a time, the colonizers that started this country were too woke to use the word king anymore. <laughs> Everybody out there watching, please like, share, and hit the subscribe button. Follow us at High and Nine News across all social media platforms. We're live weekday mornings on YouTube and Twitch, audio only on Clubhouse. And if you do choose the Clubhouse route, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand with a brief comment on a story presented. Getting things started today, you know who it is. It's Green Street wheeling and dealing, mink coat rocking, private jet hopping, longest continuously operating retailer in the world, Mr. Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. That's right. It's Monday. It is the start of your work week. But today happens to be President's Day. And I'm guessing that the reason we have a holiday today is for presidents. But nonetheless, my story, get ready, people, because there's some trigger warnings in here. So just make sure you have your seat belts on because you might jump out of your seat. Because an 11-year-old boy in, in New York City overdoses on pot gummies at a Super Bowl party. Now, first of all, overdosing, I thought, meant that someone died. But nonetheless, the story in the saga continues. An 11-year-old Staten Island boy was hospitalized after grabbing up some THC gummies he mistook for candy at a Super Bowl party. And now his mom is urging the mayor to do something to prevent potential tragedies involving edibles. I mean... Sounds pretty hypocritical to me, but nonetheless, Veronica Gill noticed her son, Ryan, in quotes, acting really strange after returning home from a gathering at their friend's house in New Springsville. She told the Post, my son was sitting on the couch with me and he started zoning out. 
At first, I thought he was pretending because he opened his eyes wide and laughed. Then he would zone out for a minute again, then open his eyes wide and laugh, she said. My son was sitting on the couch with me, and he started zoning out. At first, I thought he was pretending because he opened his eyes, and then he laughed again, and then he would zone out again. And this goes on over and over and over again. Gil became concerned when the youngster's laughter suddenly turned into cries for help and his body started shaking. In a quote, he started saying, Mom, I feel really weird. He was hearing voices. Then he started shaking. I thought he was maybe having a seizure. Panicked, the mother of three rushed Ryan to an urgent care center where, her, where his racing heartbeat led doctors to call an ambulance to take him to the ER at Richmond University Medical Center. After Ryan underwent a series of tests, including a CAT scan, God forbid they had to rule out a brain tumor, Gill said a urine test revealed that he had ingested a considerable amount of THC in the last few hours. She says, I was literally in shock. I couldn't believe it, Gill recalled. Gill was uh, was further disturbed to find out that her son had taken weed-infused gummies from a candy drawer at the straight-laced party thrower's home. <laughs> Obviously, they're not that straight-laced. When uh, She says, when my friend went back to check the drawer after we told her what happened she realized that the candy had thc in it she called us hysterically crying gill said gill wasn't angry with her friend who told her i have no idea how the hell this got into my house i mean it probably came in through your purse realistically but instead she turned the packaging uh she 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 she, she foomed through the packaging for edibles like the ones her son ate was allowed to resemble that of regular candy bars and have only small THC warnings that buyers can miss. So it says a lot of people have, have said, how did she not know they were edibles? And I tell them I wouldn't know people that are, that are used to that stuff. know. people that don't know, don't even think or look for THC warnings. Gil said, I'm really not blaming the homeowner at all because they're also a victim of this packaging. Oh, the packaging is such the culprit. Ryan stayed the night in the hospital, resting and drinking fluids while the symptoms wore off, according to his mom. And she says, thank God he's okay, she said. The number of calls to poison control centers for abuse and misuse of cannabis products in Americans age, ages 6 to 18 has skyrocketed, raising from 510 cases in 2000 to 1,761 cases in 2020, according to a recent study published by Clinical Toxicology. New York has only four licensed shops, but more than 1,400 illegal peddlers in New York City are selling unregulated products with little, pol with little police intervention. Gill begged Mayor Adams to crack down on illicit cannabis sellers, especially those whose products are marketed towards children, something which the mayor promised to do um, promised to do during a city hall press conference back on December 15th. What if the mayor makes it so that if the illegal sellers don't have a warning sign on their packages in big in big black bold letters, they get double the fine. Just try to protect the kids, Gill said. I mean, I mean, does anyone really even think that kids are reading these labels when they find candy in a drawer? 
I just have to ask myself that. And where are the parents at? And I just feel like Ice Cube and Boys in the Hood when he's yelling at Brenda to keep her babies out the street. And this is pretty much what it sums up to. <laughs> this is Jason Beck reporting for the High at Nine News Hour. What do y'all think? I just want to ask this mom why she has condoned or allowed her kid to think that it's okay to go to someone else's house and go through their damn drawers. Yep. What? Exactly. All, my kids would never do that in a million years, walk in someone's house and get in their business. Like, teach your kids yeah. some boundaries, first of all. Right. It's all bad. I blame the, I blame the packaging. I don't blame, blame the, the packaging. packaging? <coughs> How many kids, you know, listen, I get it, right? Like, once you have an edible and you're a child and you've never had one before, it's definitely going to elevate you for sure. It's going to make you feel mm -hmm. a little panicked. You don't, you don't quite know what to experience, but also, you know, I think at the end of the day, there's also plenty of kids out there who have sipped their parents' sodas, you know, or, or had access to, you know, plenty of other things that could be risky for them in the household. So at the end of the day, my parents just lock your stuff up, put it away and also, teach your damn kids to stay out of people's doors. Jesus. Yeah, St Stacy Knox in the clubhouse audience says, how about blaming the kid for taking something that wasn't theirs without permission? Yeah. Right. And, and I wonder, and I wonder too, I wonder too, maybe there wasn't a lot of food in the, in the, in the household that the child was raised in, and maybe he was just hungry and was looking for a snack. Sounds like they're at a Super Bowl party. Well, I understand that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is maybe there wasn't a lot of food at his home where he actually lives. Right. And so he was hungry. He was hungry. Like kids, sounds, kids get hungry. Like, sounds to me like someone with an awful lot of privilege and entitlement who doesn't take responsibility for their own situation very often. That's what it sounds like mm -hmm. to me. That's what it sounds like to me too, Randy. The number one thing is, is uh, or it's a one, two is education. And like Jason said, locking your shit away. Um, you know, I've had enough friends who have accidentally dosed on all kinds of stuff. Because it was marked due to originally being illegal as something that that it wasn't, you know, people mistakenly ingest all kinds of things. So we keep all of our weed food not in the regular fridge, up in our bedroom, away from anybody, not just kids, but but our friends who might just throw a brownie in their mouth or or who knows, you know. Mm -hmm. Just toss it in the mouth, huh? I mean, I mean, the Chris best my friend Shay, she uh, she was feeling she was watching my friend's house and she was feeling a little overstretched. So she took a few droppers full of adrenal support. Only the adrenal support was a vial of LSD and she ended up taking like 40 hits of acid on accident. So, oh man, bro. I, okay, that happen. But, bro uh, I had that happen one time. Yeah. A buddy of mine went over there and he thought it, he thought it was just like the breath, you know what I'm saying? The breath stuff. Uh -huh. And he started fucking squirting the whole <laughs> bottle down his throat, bro. Later on that day, I shit you not later on that day, he was running up and down the street, butt naked and <laughs> was never the same after that. <laughs> Dude, the first thing that happens when you get that high is you realize pants are a scam. Unless it's cold. <laughs> Unless it's cold. Then they're totally cool. Pants are a scam. I love it. Oh, man. <laughs> what about shorts? Are shorts a scam, Matthew? Yes. What about onesie lion suits? Now, that's fun. If you're doing <laughs> that, that's fun, that's not a scam. That's a choice. Well, what about onesie snowman suits? I'm down. Please buy me one for my birthday. It's June yeah. 5th. Let's do it, Let's do it. I mean, I mean, but now doesn't anyone think that it's a, a little um, disingenuous of these news organizations to be saying that the kid overdosed on on cannabis edibles yes. when like we always thought that overdosing means that someone dies or like has yeah. like a serious, serious problem. I, 
I did look up the official definition, and it does say that basically the definition of Hold on, you went on mute. You've had oh, too much, and Probably it winds you up at the hospital. That's the definition of overdose. Yeah. Maybe we, maybe we do it like overdose and overdose plus or overdose. <laughs> <laughs> Just with like a skull sign. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I'm going to this party oh. this weekend. And I'm gonna overdose plus. Yeah. Listen, when I think of overdose, I think you died. Right. No. That's what I think too. If you overdosed, you died. Like you, that that's generally is the cause. They overdosed. Right, but that's why I think it's important you shared this. One of the reasons I like you shared this article, Jason, is because of the verbiage in the in the headline, and I think it's important to understand, you know, some of the negative stigmas that still come through on on about on or about cannabis that, you know, um, are unique, right? Because mm-hmm. to that point, the definition is 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 what it is, but that's how they used it. I think it was a little bit mistelling. Which I think is important to touch on, right? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, this is good that it happened and it brings up good conversation about, you know, parenting and storage and all these other things, which is, which is important to, t- to touch on. But mm-hmm. uh, I, that verbiage struck out to me too. That's why I was glad you shared this article. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got, it is all, it's all on the parents, man. You got to teach your kids not to go in other people's shit, number one. Yeah. And you got to teach them like what cannabis is, what edibles are and what they're not. And um, so they won't be in situations like this. Um, the parents and the whatever chaperones or whatever had their shit put away, locked up like they should have been, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. Period. Right? I mean, it's crazy. I just can't believe they use the word overdose and the kid the kid's fine. That's that that's to me is like you know whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gonna lead to conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh we gotta we gotta go to a commercial real quick. We're gonna be right back. Yeah, run that at him. When you want to grow some of the best weed in the world, then you must start with the best genetics in the world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sh. H-O-P to see why our Terps don't lie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Coming up next, we have the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lameet. When he's not shucking and jiving, he's he's jiving and shucking. That's right. And you know what? And he finally got his lighting right so we can actually see his pretty little face. That's right. It is the dope dad himself on a weekend vacay, still on this holiday three-day weekend. It is Rico the Meat. Uh, thank you, Jason. It's more than a three-day weekend for me. This is my 10-year anniversary, so me and Jasmine got the fuck out of Dodge. And you know what? Yeah, here's celebrating. Happy anniversary. We don't need your motherfucking lights when we're having sex all over this motherfucking apartment. So <laughs> this one's for you. <laughs> this was, hey, man. Back in April 2022, uh, New Jersey Attorney General Matt Platkin became a, became a man amongst boys in the world of attorneys general everywhere when he mustered up the courage to issue a memo to all Garden State police chiefs and law enforcement agencies, instructing them that they may not take any adverse action against officers because they do or do not use cannabis off 
duty. Let's give a round of applause for Matt Platkin. That, that one's for you, Chris Eggers. For you. Maybe one day back in the day, you had an attorney general like him. But, you know, California, Gavin Newsom pretends to be something he's not. I won't go there. But to make sure everybody was, uh, nobody was misconstrued on the order's intent, he also clarified there'd be zero tolerance for cannabis use, possession, or intoxication of officers while performing their law enforcement it seemed like a no-brainer at the time, and New Jerseyans would be better off knowing that their cops weren't off-duty engaged in cliche binge-drinking activities. However, the decision caught plenty of officials and high-ranking cops off-guard and became a thorny issue, leading to months of back-and-forth negotiations to provide officers with a clear guideline and some protection for it as well. Well, we've reached the climax, and the rules are officially etched in stone. Going forward, New Jersey police officers will no longer be tested for cannabis unless they're suspected of using or being under the influence while on duty or if their position requires federal drug testing. Additionally, officers can be screened if they work or hold licenses regulated by the federal government as cannabis remains illegal on a federal level. But off the clock, officers are free to do what the fuck they like regarding their consumption of legal cannabis as long as they are 21 and above. So if you find yourself in New Jersey anytime soon, maybe even rolling up one of um, rolling one up at Raekwon's Hashtoria Cannabis Lounge in Newark, maybe send a pre-roll or two to the local cops way. Who knows? It might buy you a little wiggle room if you run into them again in traffic court. This is Rico Lambie, dopest dad on the street for High at Night News. What say you guys? I'd like to ask Chris Eggers first. What do you have to say about this, man? Attorney General. First of all, you mentioned traffic court. Always ask always ask the cop when his days off are so you can reschedule that court date to that day. And they probably don't want the overtime. They just want to be off. So then you get there and it gets kicked. Not always. This is not legal advice. Is, 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 is the cop really going to tell you what day he has off? I, I, Jay, Jay, do you think that? You, 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 I, I get what your your point. Your point is you may catch him off guard, and he might just throw it out there. Is what you're Let saying? Let me ask you this, Jay. If you, what do you think? If you if you were chatting me up on a car stop, right, and and you know me well enough now, and you mm-hmm. ask me, hey, what are your days off? Right, I'm gonna be like, ah, oh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Why? What's up? You know, mm-hmm. just casual. Going on a bowling not? date? Maybe I don't know. Hey, you know. <laughs> I mean, smoke some weed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get yeah, it bro. We're New Jersey. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Shut up. I, I, think I mean, we'll see what happens. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, let people smoke, I guess, right? Yeah. Let people smoke. I mean, here's the thing is, is that they said they said that the cops still can't have possession of marijuana on them while on duty. But what happens if they seize it? While yeah, on duty, you, they, yeah. can, can you flip it on them and, and and provide a citizen's arrest at that point? I'm just I'm just wondering, bro, because if they Why have it they on them, they anymore at this point. That just doesn't make sense. Seems greedy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what if they what if they what if they find it on some kids and they just take it from the kids and they're Jesus, like, hey, you know like what? Cops take pot and just stick it in their pocket. If they 100 percent do. Yeah, they do. Yes, they just listen for five fucking seconds. I'm tired of the white male privilege on this fucking show. Yeah, oh Rico. Boy. <laughs> oh boy. I would like to speak. This is for full Republican. I was Let's saying <laughs> if the cop is taking it for actual evidence, Chris Eggers, back me up. You're not sticking some evidence in your pocket and taking it home with you. It's actually going to go through some chain of command, would it not? That's not yes. true. No, it, that's not true. Thing, right? nope. Like I, I get, I get why 
listen, there's there's a p- bunch of data points we can point to to, to sort of um, fight back against what I'm about to say, right? But one one thing I learned in Oakland early on when I was a rookie was just optics. This is before social media was really big, before cameras were coming out and was really big, was just optics around how you move and how you operate. And when you see something, right, optically, it looks bad if it goes into your pocket, even if it's for evidentiary purposes and that's just where you store it at the time. So that was like one move that like I would always avoid. Go to the car, put on the dash, something like that, super obvious, just to take that argument away. Now, if somebody, if a, if a cop wants to go and let's say they want to go smoke weed, I really don't think that they're going to, I mean, me personally, I would go get it. I would feel uncomfortable smoking from somebody that I, that if I, if I was that person to take it off of them and then go use it, I don't know what's in it. You know what I mean? And and you see enough of that all the time. So I would think that, listen, it's not that hard if you're an active law enforcement officer and you want to get your hands on some some cannabis, you can do it. And you can do it in a way where, you know, you know that it comes from a legit place, a dispensary, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, but but Chris, I mean, isn't isn't to to to, to the point that 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 we were trying to make is is that cops do this all the time and and i think a perfect example is that cop do you remember the one that like ate a bunch of pot brownies and yeah, then was, called called yes. called 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 911 on himself yes. because that he was so freaking free high that lives rent free that, head so that video is so funny yes i think I that think, was the best of I all think time we're dead that's what he said to him. yeah I he did we're dying i, I yeah. think we're dead <laughs> mr cooper what up <laughs> There's got to be an audio call recording mm-hmm. of that somewhere. <laughs> there is. There is. There is. It was It was amazing. And Gretchen, have you ever heard it? Have you ever heard that call, the police call? I have not. Oh, my goodness. You know, we're going to find this on the Internet. We're going to yeah, send this to you later today because you have to listen to this. You are going to roll over in your chair laughing. When... <laughs> <laughs> the amount of enthusiasm from Gretchen today is amazing. Oh, oh boy. It's super spicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, we're gonna keep moving here. Let's roll. Up next, she's a super spicy redhead conservative known for dressing pit bulls in pajamas and a true believer in the one bad apple, dirty cop defense. Up next is the panoptic strategies founder and our very own Washington insider, Greg Gailey. Good afternoon. I was actually in a good mood until, you know, good old Sean Kiernan decided to start with me on fucking uh, chat this morning because all of us white women have a certain privilege. But I am happy to report that I received a letter in the mail this weekend. Look at that. Self-addressed stamp envelope with $100. Look at that. Yeah. So Jason Beck has come through. After you gotta hit it with the pen though. Hit it with the counterfeit pen real quick. Yeah, yeah, the counterfeit pen. That That shit's real, bro. That shit came from me. That's 100 percent real. After two fucking (laughs) ridiculous. Well, I mean, I told you if you if you were here and I saw you in person, Gretchen, I would have gave it to you in person, but I had to make sure that it actually got to you. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm sure that's what's your main concern there. I'm just glad that I'm just glad it didn't get lost in the mail. I know, you know, those crazy Trumpers and what they did to the Postal Service. He knows when it would have gotten here. I thought it was just Joe Biden's America and they were all on strike. I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, and another and another little hot nugget for uh, you folks who don't know where President's Day come from. Back in the day, we used to celebrate George Washington's birthday and Abraham Lincoln's birthday in February. And so they decided to consolidate it and just do one federal holiday. So that's why it's President's Day today. Anyway, my headline is a very exciting headline, but it's a really boring story. Uh, it's from J.D. Supra. Finally, good news from the IRS. Cannabis operators could be eligible for qualified business income deductions. If you didn't attend the American Bar Association section of taxation meeting last week, you may have missed that IRS counsel confirmed. They will not automatically challenge a section 199A qualified business income deduction claimed by a cannabis business owner. What is section 199A of the Internal Revenue Code? This provision replaced the Section 199 Domestic Production Activities Deduction that existed prior to the 2018 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Simply put, it provides many owners of sole proprietorships, partnerships, S-corporations, and some trusts and estates a deduction of income from a qualified trade or business on their personal tax return, thereby reducing an individual's tax liability. While subject to certain limitations, it equals 20% of qualified business income from a domestic business operated as a sole proprietorship or through a partnership as corporation, trust, or estate. Now, why is this important for cannabis? First, the IRS hasn't provided much public guidance to cannabis businesses or business owners on the many issues that arise in applying the punitive IRS code section 280E or other more nuanced tax issues like the qualifying for the employee retention credit until now. There has been uncertainty among tax preparers as to whether cannabis owners could claim a deduction of income from a qualified trade or business on their individual income tax returns. Any public guidance provided by the IRS assists cannabis business operators and their respective advisors and tax preparers to avoid uncertainty and surprises when the inevitable IRS audit occurs. So this recent development is significant. Second, the ability of cannabis operators to deduct a portion of income flowing through on their individual tax return will potentially reduce the operator's individual tax liabilities. However, for taxpayers with incomes above certain thresholds, the Section 199A deduction is limited to 50% of W-2 wages or 25% of W-2 wages plus 2.5% of unadjusted basis in all qualified properties. For cannabis operators, this means cultivators and manufacturers will benefit from the IRS's good news more than retail businesses or vertically integrated cannabis companies because Section 280E does not limit the costs that are deductible for the cultivation and manufacturing sides of the business in the same way that impacts the retail side of a business. If you have passed through income from a cannabis operation, what should you do as a result of this development? Call your tax preparer and confirm you have claimed Section 199A for prior tax years. If you have not, file amended returns before the statute of limitations expires, then work with your tax return preparer to budget your 2023 estimated taxes with a Section 199A deduction included in the estimates. I'm not an accountant. I can't give actual real advice on any of this. However, I would suggest if you are a cultivator or a manufacturer, bring up to your accountant 199A and see if it helps you this year on your taxes. The Scratch and Pride 9 News. Um, and, and why why was it that it doesn't help specifically retailers, Gretchen? I don't yeah. know. I don't run a retail business. How should I know? 
I think it has to do with I think it has to do with the different sales and stuff that go through retail that a grower or a manufacturer does not. I think it has so, to do with cost of goods and you know just mm-hmm. input products and large amounts of non-cannabis products in the facility. I just I just find it interesting that she also said it doesn't help vertically integrated businesses when those people because they're also doing sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think most... there's a it has to do with business doing sales. It, it's not the same. But like real sales, they're, they're, it's like all sales. sales. Consumers. So, so it sounds like so it sounds like distributors. Jason Beck, talk to your accountant. Do I look like a, a CPA? Yes, you do. Actually, today you do. Yeah, yeah. you're all done up. Be. Yep. Yeah, my, am I still yep. professional? Yep, Stone, you definitely look like an accountant now. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gretchen Wise. I mean, you get high though, Gretchen. Are you really stoned? I've tried. I've, I've tested I've positive tried. for THC, but I've it doesn't tried. do anything. Video <laughs> evidence come to light. I still haven't seen that video evidence, so I don't believe it. Talk to Nicole Buffon. She is an eyewitness. We will be talking to her tomorrow, so we're definitely going to find out about this and get to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Uh, post I think that this link. Is huge People news, in the chat are quite, quite want to know more about this. Yes, if they want to know about this, they need to head over to highat9news.com where they can find all of the links to today's stories. Yes. Boom, right there. See that little Scantron right there that just popped up? Boom, that's Scantron, where you can find it all out. Check it out. Scantron. Yep. Check Boomer. it out. Yeah, Boomer. create your profile. I know it's not that too. exciting, but people can taxes are important. And hey, this is a super exciting. I think this is the most exciting story today. Yeah, super right. sexy. But but, it, no. but it, not it, as sexy it, as my hundred dollar bill though. But, right. but you, you can't you can't write off uh, operating expenses. You can offset income, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. So I mean, two eighty e still wins. I mean, of Whatever. course, 280E I... still still wins, but this is—I mean, it's a help. It's a, it's a help. Doing the best just like, can here, boom. Rico. Yeah, no, I'm saying it's, it's a step in the right direction, but um, you know, it's such a Debbie Downer, up. Rico. He's always a Debbie Downer. Just all right. Keep it exactly. moving. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Run that. Run that commercial, Adam. <laughs> At True Classic OG, we live by one motto. Stay true. We stay true to our legacy cut of true OG that's always fresh, piney, gassy, and delicious. We represent the spirit and hustle and diversity of our great city of angels, and we stay true to the spirit of this plant, doing everything in-house to ensure that you get the highest quality and consistency with every batch. And that's what made us LA's favorite OG. True Classic OG. Stay true, Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. The thoughts and opinions in general overall shade thrown at High and Nine News are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements may do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory, or any authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationship, and our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you're an easily offended person, this show is probably not for you. And maybe you should go and redo your taxes.
She's a NorCal-based Emerald Cup edibles judge known to some as Carmen Sacramento for her never-ending international quest to find the world's most perfect cannabis and psychedelic edible experience. A crusader for female entrepreneurship on a mission to show the world cannabis motherhood and executive lifestyle do go together. You know who it is coming up next, Mandy Tingler. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Monday, everybody. Today's article that I'm covering is President's Day, of course. Headline comes to us from Marijuana Moment and reads, Biden signs equity-focused executive order that touts marijuana clemency actions, calling criminalization a failed approach. President Joe Biden issued an executive order on Thursday that touts the administration's efforts to address the failed approach on federal marijuana policy. The executive order doesn't specifically build on any administrative cannabis reforms. Rather, it's focused on promoting equity within federal agencies and the White House. But the president took the opportunity to connect the issue back to his marijuana actions. Biden issued a mass pardon for people with nonviolent federal cannabis possession convictions late last year and directed a multi-agency review into marijuana scheduling under the Controlled Substances Act. Quote, my administration has taken action to in public safety, advance criminal justice reform, our country's failed approach to marijuana, civil rights, and stand against rising extremism and hate-fueled violence that threaten the fabric of our democracy, the president said. A fact sheet that the White House released on the executive order expands the president's cannabis record. The president took bold action to address our failed approach to marijuana it says, the criminal act, criminalization of marijuana possession has upended too many lives for conduct that is now legal in many states. The purpose of the mass pardon for marijuana was to, quote, lift barriers to housing, employment, and educational opportunities for thousands of people with those prior convictions. The president also called on every state governor to follow his lead as most marijuana prosecutions take place at the state and local level. And because this administration is guided by science and evidence, he called on the Department of Health and Human Services and the Department of Justice judiciously review how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. A separate new White House domestic policy report on equity efforts also includes a description of Biden's cannabis actions. Biden's new order further advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government directs federal agencies to produce an annual public equity action plan to analyze barriers that underserved communities may face in accessing and benefiting from programs, among other steps. The administration has routinely highlighted the cannabis clemency and review actions, often in the context of equity and racial justice. It was also mentioned in a preview ahead of Biden's State of the Union address this month, but Biden didn't, but the president didn't explicitly raise it in his speech. On Martin Luther King Day, Biden described his marijuana pardons as a reflection of his commitment to equal justice. End of last year, the president granted half a dozen additional pardons, including for a handful of people with marijuana or other drug convictions on their rest, on their records. Domestic Policy Council Director Susan Rice said in December that the president's broader cannabis clemency and directive for administrative review into cannabis scheduling have helped address the country's failed approach to marijuana and represents key parts of the administration's, quote, incredibly productive year. Meanwhile, 
a bipartisan group of 29 congressional lawmakers from both the House and the Senate sent a letter to the president in December asking that he formally back federal marijuana legalization as the administration carries out the cannabis scheduling re review. While lawmakers didn't request that Biden take administrative action to unilaterally facilitate legalization, it does underscore an eagerness among supporters for the White House to play a more proactive role in advancing reform. U.S. Health and, Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier was cc'd on the letter, tweeted a link to Marijuana, Marijuana Moment article that discusses the president's administrative cannabis scheduling directive. We're going to take a look at what science tells us and what the evidence tells us, Becerra, <clears throat> Becerra who was a considerable record supporting cannabis reformer as a congressman and now California's attorney general said at the recent overdose pre prevention event. That will guide what we do, and we hope that will guide what the federal government does. Following the president's order in October, the secretary said that the department would work as quickly as we can to carry out the scientific review, and he's already discussed the issue with the head of the Food and Drug Administration. Gupta said previously that the president's actions were historic and clearly in advance of medical benefits for cannabis. Like HHS, DOJ has similarly committed to quickly carrying out the separate scheduling review the president directed, which will in a recommendation to place cannabis in a lower schedule and remove it altogether or remove it altogether, effectively legalizing the plant under federal law. The president also signed marijuana research bill into law in December, making historically by enacting the first piece of standalone federal cannabis reform legislation in the U.S. history. A series of polls have shown that Americans strongly support the president's pardon action, and they also don't think that marijuana should be federally classified as a Schedule One drug. So, guys, the president is trying to take some actions, however big or small. I would love to hear your input about his place in our industry and his efforts. This is Mandy at the High at Nine News on Monday. Let me know what you think. I mean. Yeah. Anytime you have this administration saying that they're going to base things on science, I'm already super, super worried. The thing is, this is just more just rhetoric. Just look at Ohio shit. right now. You the know, it's safe to drink. Sure. Right. I mean, this is what happens. You know, I'm not going to go into the Ohio debate right now, but I will say that if any kind of equity driven initiatives are put forward, they need to be done on a federal level, regardless, um, not these bullshit executive orders that, that Joe Biden seems to be having a good time, you know, signing into nothing uh, that we keep on seeing him do. But um, if there's any kind of like social equity bill or anything, it needs to be done on a federal level, because as we've said many times over here, if um, interstate commerce gets to going, it just might null. It might just might nullify all of the state and municipality-driven uh, social equity initiatives that we have in place right now. So, um, I think there's a bunch of bullshit coming from uh, the Oval Office. Uh, more from Joe Biden, just you know, just to do something to, to act like he's being busy. But um, I don't know. What do y'all think? Hold on. Did did, did he sign oh. this this morning in Ukraine? <laughs> I, no, he signed it last week. Uh, okay. But the point is, regardless of whatever this executive order says, it has nothing to do with cannabis. I oh. don't care what this man says, uh, because, frankly, cannabis is still a federally illegal substance. So there's absolutely no way that it would benefit from any of the provisions laid out here in this executive order. So the man is full of shit and just trying to pretend that he cares about pot once again, hoping that the voters don't understand what he's doing.
it's all horseshit. So, so are you saying that this does absolutely nothing for weed, but they're touting 100%, that it does? 100% nothing. So you're saying the White House is lying? It always lies. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> all of them lie. I'm not saying just Joe Biden. They all lie. <laughs> yep. Oh, one million percent on that. I do too. I 100% agree with you, Gretchen. I only operate in reality. I just wanted to hear you. Well, sometimes you do. This time you are. Yeah. There's that sigh. There's that sigh again. And as much as marijuana movement wants to keep pushing that there's a possibility for complete descheduling, they're out of their gourds. I don't know what they're thinking. Joe Biden, in absolutely no way. How do, you, how, how, do you feel, how do you feel? Not a chance. House, um, actually quoting your favorite uh, news source there. Uh, oh, what? The White House actually quoting Who marijuana moment quote? there. Yeah. They didn't quote marijuana moment. Pointing to America, a marijuana moment article. No, no, no. Javier, Javier Becerra, Javier Becerra Javier pointed, Becerra. directed, yeah. Okay. The Attorney General. Sounds Xavier like Becerra is the man's name. and I thought you pronounced Javier. They pronounce it out Javier out here in California. What are you talking about? Just saying. The man's name is spelled X A V I E R. Xavier. Yeah, and it's pronounced Javier. Okay, Xavier. well, if I'm going to pronounce Javier, I'd spell it with a J, but. Yeah, yeah. Not an H. What? <laughs> I don't need this book. Yeah. Move on. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Run that it. commercial, Adam. Gasket. Oh, yes. Coming up next. That's right. He used to have a, a badge and uh, excuse me, a badge and a notepad, but he traded it in for a blunt. And a YouTube. That's right. <laughs> That's right. He's the founder of CC Security Solutions. And if your spot gets gets busted into by these ravaging thugs out on the street, he's the first person you should call for a security review. Or maybe you should call him before that shit happens to your spot so you can secure it so then they can't break in in the first place. But that's right. It is Chris Eggers. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, thanks for having me on this beautiful Monday morning. My article comes out of berkeleyside.org. Jason, get your calculator, get your abacus out. We want to check this math. This, this cop math is, is going to be interesting. Authorities seized 19 million in illegal cannabis from West Berkeley Warehouse. That's 12,000 pounds of cannabis worth over 19 million, according to the Department of Cannabis Control. So they said that they shut down a major illegal grow in West uh, Berkeley last week. 12,000 mm -hmm. pounds of cannabis. Uh, this was out on 4th Street where they seized 22,600 uh, cannabis plants worth 18.6 million. Jason, please. And then uh, 244 pounds of cannabis flour worth 400,000. The warehouse was previously home to a sheet metal company called Gray Six Company, which was, quote, according to this article, quote, heavily fortified. Uh, they don't ex expand or explain what that means to them. Uh, but this is according to David Hafner, a spokesperson for the Department of Cannabis Control. 
Um, Hafner estimated that at least two dozen individuals would have been involved in this seizure. Uh, one Berkeley police officer was involved, according to uh, Berkeley PD spokesperson. Uh, drug enforcement is the bottom of Berkeley PD's list of priorities, according to this article, in line with city law. Uh, Berkeley PD's drug task force ended in 2016, and the city no longer has a special enforcement unit, uh, which is said to make these types of uh, investigations and conduct these investigations a little bit more difficult. The Berkeley operation is the latest in a series of raids on illegal grows in the East Bay. In the last three weeks, the state agency shut down three illegal cannabis operations in Oakland and Hayward, seizing close to 90, sorry, $39 million in cannabis. Um, very interesting. I want to check this math. Authorities did not make any arrests in connection with this seizure in Berkeley, though the Department of Cannabis Control is looking for the individuals behind the operation. Uh, got some questions about that. Uh, agencies will, will destroy all the cannabis by throwing it in a landfill, according to the, uh, the DCC. Um, that's my article for today. I'd like to get Jason to weigh in on the math and then uh, interested to see that the DCC is still looking for these people. I would think that would fall on local law enforcement, but um, curious to hear what your thoughts are. My I mean, thanks for allowing me to contribute on Monday morning. Jay, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 not at all, Chris. I, I'm sorry. Uh, this I math is so bad that Apple calculators don't even go up to 19 million. That's how bad mm. this math is. <laughs> and if you use that, you know, uh, Apple calculators are the standard up there in Berkeley, by the way. So um, mm -hmm. I'm just waiting for the first police bus to um, put a billion. Or <laughs> nineteen billion dollars worth of uh, cannabis is found in this man's trunk. <laughs> only if they have a hairless cat that they could pet while sitting. <laughs> with a pink, don't forget the pinky ring. Yes, uh, don't forget the pinky ring with a compass, so you don't ever get lost. Price of candy gas is going up in the bay. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. And, and this, the other thing this is pointing to is it's becoming more and more. The best strategy is becoming going back to an eight to twenty lighter, keeping it small not trying to like break the bank and, and do anything crazy and that's how you avoid detection by this whole thing that's how by 18 to 20 lighter uh, 8 to 20 lighter 8 to 20 eight lighter to 20. grow the best weed on the planet sell ounces to your friends don't try to make a million dollars you'll make more than enough money to like pay all your bills go on a vacation a year and you won't be running some you know 400 light warehouse that's going to get you cracked because that's what they're looking for they're looking for a lot more things than that nowadays. And, you know, the other thing they're doing, too, I, I know we talked about this before, but, you know, going after um, or attacking on grand theft charges for stealing power and stuff like that. So that's how a lot of this stuff shakes out um, for, on in agencies that don't necessarily have like a drug task force. Um, they'll go out and read meters and look at that kind of thing. I mean, 19 million dollars they're estimating. And they said just over 12,000 pounds. That's an incredible street value. Like there, that's over ten thousand dollars a pound. Just, but again, so back to your article, Jason, just with heady math, with that headline, right? It's like, you know, it's about cannabis, so it's got to pop, right? And I think it's important to. I'm, I'm glad this is the reason I reported on this was because I knew the math was going to be all jacked up, right? It's pretty mm -hmm. obvious. That's fifteen hundred bucks a pound. They could be getting that if it's if it's the right strain and done perfectly. No, no, no. You're doing your math wrong. Matthew. No, bro. 19 million, right? Boom. <clears throat> that's you're, you're, You don't have enough zeros behind that 19 yeah, million. 19 million. No, that's not 19 million. That's 19, 1900,000. No, Jason. I know how math works. Does <laughs> anybody really know how, how math works? Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> 1900,000? Yeah. I, that, that, I'm not that, that would be 1.9 million. 
Yeah, that would be 1.9, but they're saying I know, 19 million. I know, this is 19 million. million. I, Are you watch. sure? Yeah, well, my, my, my calculator does go up to 19 million. My calculator doesn't. My calculator goes up to 190 million. You got you to download a better calculator, Jason. No. I don't think so. <laughs> Jason, are you using one of those calculators that's not really a calculator, but it like hides your secret files and stuff? Is that it does do that. It does hide a lot of secret files. <laughs> 19 million. No. <laughs> yeah. my, my calculator, I just, I just, I'm going to provide a link to what does 19 million look like in the chat, you guys. No, you're so silly. You're so silly, you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, you guys. Keep moving here, man. Let's keep it yeah, moving. let's keep it. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> They're short on brain cells. Yeah. All right. Up next, <laughs> he is an immortal cannabis wizard with a deep love for all things phallic and a deeper hatred for oppressive articles of clothing intended to shield his own phallus. Up next, you know who it is. It's the co-host of What's Good Podcast, here to take us home with a little timeless knowledge. It is him, the immortal Count Matthew St. Germain. Thank you, Rico, and uh, thanks to all who even uh, dropped off today. I think we offended some of our own folks. Um, this is a real cool <laughs> story for us. me. All the women hate us. <laughs> so so uh, uh, Lucy in Canada files with Health Canada to manufacture cocaine and heroin. A psychedelic manufacturing company is moving forward with cocaine and heroin manufacture with an end goal to fight fentanyl overdoses and drug addiction. British Columbia-based Lucy Scientific Discovery, a psychedelics manufacturing company focused primarily on emerging psychotropic-based medicines, announced today in a press release that it has filed an amendment to its current dealer's license with Health Canada. The amendment would add cocaine and heroin to its existing list of approved substances the company is authorized to manufacture. Lucy already is authorized through Health Canada to manufacture several controlled substances, including psilocybin, MDMA, LSD, DMT, mescaline, and 2CB. Adding cocaine and heroin to the portfolio could lead to treatments to fight addiction. We look forward to a time when Lucy can safely supply harm reduction programs globally, aiming to reduce lethal and or negative consequences associated with adulterated drug supply, particularly concerning that fentanyl overdose is a leading cause of death among 18 to 45-year-olds in the United States, said Lucy CEO Chris McElvaney. It's time to realize that the failed war on drugs has caused additional harm to the masses worldwide, <laughs> and harm reduction programs will lead to less death and more treatment options in the long term. This reflects a sea change in the way that controlled substances are being explored for potential benefits in the field of medicine. With more focus on public health response to the drug crisis, the company can provide more opportunities for people who use substances to gain access to more harm reduction and treatment. The license, uh, This license would en enable Lucy to develop, sell, deliver, and manufacture via extraction or synthesis these other narcotics. Uh, the company works with raw materials, crude extracts, uh, making single molecules as well as white label, private label products. Uh, this is backed by the National Center for Health Statistics in Canada and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in America. And lastly, they include a little fact of over 106,000 people in the U.S. died from drug-involved overdoses in 2021, mostly due to prescription opioids, mainly fentanyl, and that's according to the CDC. Uh, for me, this is very good news, and this is something I learned. You know, I came up fighting my own drug war uh, in a pro-psychedelic, pro-cannabis space, and the more I interacted with people of color, especially uh, people of color doing social policy, the more I was hip to the fact that we really need to legalize all drugs uh, because the criminalization of cocaine, heroin, and, and these other narcotics actually even more so uh, target people of color and, and the poor. And, and what we need is to integrate these people into a system of, of trauma therapy, recovery, and help 
and not just continue to to destroy their lives. And I'm interested in what you guys have to say. I, for one, do not want maple syrup in my in my cocaine. Does it does it does it touch on any of the practices that they're going to use to make this cocaine? Uh, it said extraction and synthesis. So exactly. So it's going to be synthetic cocaine. So it's not even going to be real. No, no, huh? Extraction and synthesis uh, is what the license is for. So yeah, they could they could very well extract it. Will it be full scale? I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm, I'm, I'm with Benson on this. He's like, first Canadians ruined bacon, then weed. Now they're going after cocaine. Right. I'm 100 percent in agreement with, it, with you on that. Yeah, I don't know where you, I don't know where they plan on getting this, um, this, this maple syrup. This is gonna be, this is gonna be like Mar- Marinol's version of THC, but for cocaine. That's what it's gonna be. It's gonna fucking do nothing. Just do you guys that? know where the cocaine uh, it used medically to make lidocaine, benzocaine, and these other products in America is sourced from? Where, where Matthew? The Coca Cola Company. The Coca Cola Company is the only corporation or entity licensed to import coca leaves for for manufacture and extraction in the U.S. They so, manufacture, extract the cocaine, give that to the federal government, and then they use the coca syrup flavor in their drink. So they never. So so they when they officially stopped putting cocaine in the drink, they never stopped manufacturing it. They just started passing that shit off to the government. Correct, Rico. And that's where the cop. Hold on a second. Hold on. So that's where you got to go to get the bricks. Yeah. Is you got to go to the Coke manufacturing plant. And that's where the real plug is. That's why right. I have so fucking popping. <laughs> get out of here. I didn't know that. That's that's fascinating, Matthew. Yeah. Matthew yeah. I learned so much every time, man. I love it. So love literally it. they're making kilos. Yes. In the in the Coca-Cola factory. Yes. Just so they can get the taste of cocaine, so they right. can, so and they have a government they can monopoly. Get, they, they can they get natural terps, on it. natural yeah. cocaine terps, coke terps to put in the soda. We are, you know, we are not licensed to give out financial advice or anything, but it sounds to me like we should all be buying more Coca Cola stock. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do they test for purity? Uh, I'd like to end mm-hmm. around real quick, though, uh, that that hard drug decriminalization is a social justice and social equity issue. And really, nothing is going to change no matter how many psychedelics we legalize. Nothing is going to change until we stop the stigmatization of, of people who are addicted to these drugs. Most right. of them are, are doing so, as again, as a trauma release, uh, self-medication. Most people aren't like scumbags, even most of the med- uh, mentally ill people. They're not like crazy scumbags, even if you might see them dirty and, and distraught on the street. They're injured people who need help. Most of them are turning to self-medication and then become unable to care for themselves. And I think we really need to turn our society, like I say, almost every episode, we need to turn our society towards helping these people. Yeah. And I don't want to I don't want to um, um, just throw anybody on the bus or anything here. This is a real question. I mean, do we still have uh, like a big problem with cocaine addiction? I know, we, um, um, you know, the, the you know, the media page has, has, has flipped to, you know, a bunch of other things like meth and um, like other addictives, uh, opioids, obviously. But is, is cocaine really still as big of a problem as it was before? I mean, I think so. I mean, just it's, it's I mean, I, I still see it as prevalent as I did when I was when I was younger. You know what I mean? As far as people using it and whatnot, there's always people doing it somewhere at some party. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really been taken over. Or they just like, like trying to stay awake. I, it doesn't matter what they're trying to do. They're consuming it. It doesn't do that. has no, nothing to do with any of that. It doesn't matter what they're using it for. Um, but I wonder I wonder how come like CNH pure cane sugar got left out of all this 
you know, be, well, is the, was it the, the Foul Jewel family? Uh, the one that did that dirty deal with uh, with Kennedy to make sure we have sugar in everything that we have here in America. That was the trade-off for, for the fact that, that Coca-Cola is allowed to manufacture cocaine? Connect the dots. What do you think about that, uh, St. Germain? I, dude, I didn't even know about that. I'd like to actually know more. Oh yeah, that's why we have. That's why Americans are so fucking obese. So like back in the yeah back in the day, uh, um, um, they uh, it's like one of the biggest sugar producing families. They did a deal with the uh, the Kennedys, and that's why we have sugar in absolutely everything here in America. So um, they hedged the price of um, uh, of sugar uh, manufactured and sent to the U.S. So we will always pay more than everybody else, and we have to use that. And that's why um, um, everything we everywhere we go, the sugar and everything. That's why Americans are so fucking fat. Crazy. That's Crazy. why CIA took him out. Well, you, <laughs> you know, the Kennedy family came up on 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 alcohol prohibition, and they actually still get a, a duty for all Scotch imported from uh, Scotland. It's all fucked up, dude. Yeah, that's amazing. Decentralize all everything, and we and everything will come to light. Yeah, the Kennedys were like the Juarez cartel. It's just that they were white and from New England, so that was all right, you know. Whereas Al Capone was he was Italian, so he got targeted by the federal government. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. You got anything left on that, Chris? What do you you, you have any comments on this? On this? No, I'm I'm learning as much from from listening to you guys as I I didn't know about that. Uh, did you ever did you ever did you ever pull over a Coca Cola truck and just find bundles of cocaine leaves? <laughs> yeah, in the, I, was, in the... I was trying to I was jacking Pepsi trucks. Just, man. I knew I was something you were jacking Pepsi oh, trucks. Oh man. <laughs> Did you know this was in there? Like, I didn't know it was in there. <laughs> do can, Jason, do you think I can joke on here, or do you think people think like if because I'm I'm I used to be a cop and I make a joke like that that I'm serious? You know, I think you should make like, those kinds think, of jokes. Yeah, <laughs> do you think yeah, people know I'm joking? I think I think, I think you should 100. percent I think you 100. It was it was Mountain Dew trucks. I mean, but that's that's still a Pepsi product. Hey, do you remember right. Sparks? Who remembers Sparks? Oh, yeah. Sparks. Man. What do you mean? Yeah. Come on, Sparks. Bar- you mean Barks, the root beer? No, Sparks. Sparks. It was. It was before Four Loco. Way you mean before, 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 uh, before, before LA had a team? It was like the first energy drink that had beer in it, or like I think it was some sort of alcohol. Yes, no, I remember. I remember Jolt. I was gonna say, Jolt, Jolt was like the get down soda as a kid, you know. Yeah, I remember yeah. Jolt. Yeah, yo, yo, check this. Sparks is an alcoholic beverage debuted in the market in the United States in two thousand. 2002 original formulation contained caffeine one of the first alcoholic beverages that could do so right that's right ingredients including included taurine ginseng and karana common to all other energy drinks what happened to sparks man it was common at chico state i can tell you that i I used to i used to buy these shits when i was on the road was it like a white claw yeah but like a white claw red bull but the original yeah. yeah Yeah. Oh, it's so it's like one flavor. It's, it's a white white claw with a five hour energy. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they, they were trying to capitalize off of the popularity of Red Bull and vodka. Mm, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. but uh, fascinating. Um, yeah, and, and and another one. What was that? Uh, was the mountain? What was the Mountain Dew? Uh, um, um, the alternative what was that shit called like Rage uh, or some shit like that. You remember that? Uh-uh, I don't remember the Mountain that. Dew alternative. Um, I was I must have been drinking too many Sparks then. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Mountain Dew came out with an alcohol? No, they came out with a um. Uh, well, they they recently came out with some kind of coffee bullshit. 
but um, they had a, um, a competitor back in the day. It was like some some shit. He used to give me the fucking runs. Yeah, John, Johnny oh. Smash is on it in the comments. It was the original spiked energy drink for sure. Nice. Yeah, see, he's saying Jolt too. Johnny Smashes. No, Jolt. but Jolt, Jolt was just a soda, I think. It was a it soda was until you until you mixed it with alcohol. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cola had a alternative to Mountain Dew back in the day. What it's called? Is that called Rage or some shit like that? I thought it was called Mount Shasta. Mount Shasta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got we got to wrap this up, you guys. This is, do it. We got no women uh, in the room left. Uh, like Sean Kiernan fucking. Uh, Chased off all the women on. on the well, we don't got time for none of that. Thank you all for getting high and <laughs> with us every Monday through Friday and 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank you to our audience and supporters for tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to all of our haters for always talking about us because we have the most immaculate pieces of property rent free inside of your heads. Huge thank you to our sponsors, True Classic, Ispire, Wizard Trees, DNA Genetics, LAXCC for keeping rocking with us. And thank you to our correspondents for being absolutely amazing and giving us reason to do this. Thank you to Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, Green Street, and Zaza Simone Brown holding us down in Clubhouse. And thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us. It's America's number one daily cannabis news show. Run it, Adam.